go. This is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 149. Initially, I said I might do a themed one for 150, but I don't think I will. I've got a few lined up that I just kind of really want to (laughs) play. So um, I could, you know, defer it to a later time, but I think I would rather just have another normal episode and then maybe uh, do a themed one after that. But it's coming. Um, This one is coming to you guys a day late. Sorry about that. Just kind of had a busy weekend and... Normally, I like to record these things on either Friday or Saturday night and then get them all bounced and transferred and uploaded and all that fun stuff on Sunday night so it's ready to go for the beginning of the week. But um, I was tired, man. I was tired last night after a busy weekend, so I just kind of said, you know what? I'm going to have to just record this during the day on Monday and upload it Monday night, and uh, it'll be ready to go for Tuesday. So sorry for the slight delay there, but nothing too drastic. Um, okay, let's kick things off here. We're going to Australia. This is a, uh, a trio, at least on the record. Uh, but they've been going since 2019, and they've been cranking out some records uh, ever since they got started. That is Werewolves, and Werewolves is very, very in-your-face and intense uh, death metal. And not everybody's cup of tea, and typically speaking, not my cup of tea, but I think they just do it really well. Uh, so when the mood hits... I'm definitely on board for some werewolves here, but um, they're not one that I go back to all the time. But I am going to play something because they just released uh, a new record. I've played them before on an older episode. Um, But they just released a new one called My Enemies Look and Sound Like Me. That came out on August 11th uh, through Prosthetic Records. And this is album number four, so they've only been a band for four years. And we've already got four records out here, so... This one definitely does not throw a ton of curveballs at you. Like I said, they just they sound like them. They always are going to sound like them. Uh, it's just very intense, very heavy. Production definitely um, emphasizes that as well. So here we go off of the new album, My Enemies Look and Sound Like Me. This is Werewolves with Bring to Me the Kill. Yeah. <laughs> 
There we go. That is Werewolves from Australia with Bring to Me the Kill. Uh, yeah, they're kind of like, um, I mean, they don't sound exactly the same, but they remind me a lot of Lock Up in that sense, where the songs are usually pretty short and sweet and just smack you right in the mouth and uh, very intense, very heavy, and then it's done and it moves on to the next one. Um, okay, we're going to the USA here out of New Jersey. This is a band that at uh, one time or another was kind of a a one-man show and still kind of is. I mean, there's a definite leader here. Uh, but they are a five-piece um, as far as how they operate live and on uh, this new record. That band is Krieg, and Krieg is kind of the brainchild of um, Imperial, was the stage name. And just kind of fit in with all the other American black metal acts of the time. Your Zaster and Leviathan and, uh, and bands like that. Uh, Judas Iscariot, you know, the, so it's kind of an older... Older band, they've been going since 97, uh, on and off, you know, haven't released anything in nine years, but then kind of out of the blue, um, announced this new record that's coming out, which is album number eight, it's called Ruiner, and it's coming out on October 13th through Profound Lore Records, and they dropped a uh, single, the first song from this album, and it's pretty good. Really like the production, actually, it's, um, it's pretty clear, it's still very much like a black metal production. But um, you can hear everything really well. Um, vocals sound great. They haven't really lost a step. Uh, they were never really one of my favorites of the American scene, but they kind of have this, this status, you know. They're a known band, so it uh, definitely feels like I, I should be playing them. Um, but yes, I remember Imperial in the kind of super group, if you will, called Twilight. Uh, which I don't think is still going, but for a while there, I mean, it kind of had all the uh, the bigger names, you know, from bands like Noctmistium and Krieg and Zaster and all of them kind of together in one band. Uh, and they put out a few records, but I'm not sure if they're still active. I don't think so. Um, but anyways, it's kind of cool to have Krieg, you know, back in the mix here. For, like I said, first album in, in nearly a decade. So I'll be curious to check it out when it comes out in October. So here we go off of the upcoming album, Ruiner. This is Krieg with Solitarily, A Future Renounced.
Alright, there we go. Blast from the past, kind of. At least from my past. <laughs> it's one of the early U.S. black metal bands that I had first uh, heard, you know, among all those others I mentioned. That was Krieg with Solitarily a Future Renounced. All right, we're going to Sweden here. This is a five-piece that's been going since 96. Uh, it was formed when Nicholas was very young. The band is Shining, and Shining's been kind of hit and miss. I feel like they kind of peaked uh, a while ago, and they're still going, and they're still putting out decent material, but uh, I, I don't know. I think the, the ship has sailed a little bit with them. Um, they are about to release a self-titled uh, new album on September 15th. Uh, it's album number 11. It's their first one in five years. And that's getting released through Napalm Records. Um, this one I kind of kept an eye out for just because I saw that Nick Barker uh, was recording drums for it. And at the time, this was before it was kind of made public, but I had some insider info, I guess, that he was not doing well health-wise... So I was shocked to see that he was in studio uh, recording drums for Shining. So I was like, oh, well, that's good. Maybe he's uh, doing better than I first thought. And then it was uh, like two months after that, whenever he <laughs> had to do the GoFundMe and everything because he's having like total kidney failure and doing dialysis, you know, multiple times a week. Which, by the way, I donated very little to because I just don't have much to give. But I donated something. But if you haven't, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just go visit like his Instagram page, and uh, you'll see kind of what's been going on there. And there's a link to the GoFundMe and all that, because uh, basically he hasn't been able to work consistently because he has to keep going in for you know multiple days a week for hours at a time, you know, doing this dialysis to keep him alive, basically. So yeah. Um, Evidently, he's had fans and stuff uh, offer up kidneys to him and stuff, too, you know. Um, so, if if one of them's a match, he should definitely take him up on that offer. But anyways, uh, so yeah, I saw that he was drumming on this album, so I was like, okay, well, I'll keep an eye out for it when it comes out. And it's not out yet, but they've released a couple of singles, and, uh, and they're decent. They're pretty good. Um, I kind of didn't pay super close attention to them beyond, you know, 2010, I'd say. <clears throat> but here we are in 2023, they're still going, and uh, this is album number 11, so I'm going to play, I think this was the second single that got released, I can't remember the name of the first, um, but here we go, off of the self-titled upcoming album coming out on September 15th, this is Shining with Av Sandre Oshant.
There we have it. That is Shining from Sweden with Av Sandre Oshund. And again, that record is self-titled and coming out on September 15th. All right, we're going to Germany here. This is a five-piece that's been going since 04. That's Chaos Invocation. And uh, really enjoy this band. In fact, I really wrestled last year with uh, including their album called uh, Devil, Stone, and Man on my end-of-the-year best albums of the year list. I think I ended up giving them an honorable mention just because the list was getting crowded, you know? I had to make some sacrifices. But it was a really strong record, and um, it made me, you know, go back and listen to more of their back catalog because they have four albums total. And I'm going to play something today off of the debut, which came out in October of 2009. It's called In Bloodline with the Snake, and that came out through World Terror Committee. And it's just, they haven't really changed their sound that much, so this feels very familiar. It sounds very much like the other Chaos Invocation albums, but it just has a slightly more raw uh, production. Not too much so, but just has a little bit more of a raw energy to it. And it's really solid. I mean, every one of their records is solid. They're kind of like uh, Urgehal in that sense, where every album is kind of... Uh, you know, slightly different, but very slight. You know what I mean? They kind of follow the same um, template and they just execute it really well. So here we go off of the debut album in Bloodline with the Snake from 2009. This is Chaos Invocation with Unlock the Abyss. Take your key. Take our key. Insanity!
that is Chaos Invocation from Germany with Unlock the Abyss. Great bass tone, um, excellent riffing going on there. And they kind of remind me of some of the earlier, like, Sithereal albums as well. I kind of get the same vibe. Um, staying in Germany here, this is a four-piece that uh, had broken up, but then kind of relaunched recently. Uh, it's Cruel Force, and they uh, existed from 08 to 2012, and then uh, they've kind of got it going again as of 2022. Still going now, and uh, they just released a new record. So I'm going to play something off of that. The album is called Dawn of the Axe, and for those of you who don't know, it's very classic 80s-sounding speed metal, um, which, of course, has seen quite the resurgence You know, in recent years. There's been such an appreciation for that style now. And uh, they do it really well. So this new album's Dawn of the Axe. It's album number three. It's their first one in 12 years, because their last one before that was uh, back in 2011. So this came out through Shadow Kingdom Records, and uh, I just remember seeing just the occasional you know, thing on Facebook about it, you know, when it, when it first dropped within the first day or two there, and uh, checked it out. And it's great. They didn't miss a beat from, uh, from second album to third album here. So... Um, as expected, I mean, it's classic-sounding speed metal. They're not trying to reinvent anything. This is purely just nostalgia and uh, an ode to a better time, a better musical time. So here we go, off of the new album Dawn of the Axe. This is Cruel Force with Death Rides the Sky. <laughs> Life is 
All right, there we go. That's Cruel Force from Germany with Death Rides the Sky. Uh, great record. If you're into that style, um, which I am, I do enjoy that style, then, I mean, I'm sure Cruel Force is nothing new to you, but uh, this new album is uh, is worth checking out if they're a band that you forgot about or perhaps didn't realize they were active again. Uh, all right, we're going to Sweden here. This is a five-piece death metal band. Doesn't feature anybody that I have uh, have heard of before, but they've been going since 2021. And they only have a demo out so far. It's their only release that came out in January of this year. Um, the band is called The Rottening, which cracks me up, makes me think of The Simpsons every time, because uh, I think they were trying to sneak in either to the movies or they were trying to stay up late and watch like a scary movie on TV. I can't remember what it was, but the movie was called The Bloodening. <laughs> so I see the rottening and I think of the bloodening every time. Um, but they released a demo in January of this year called Ode to Rot. And uh, that was released independently, as most demos are. And as I said, this is their only release so far. I don't believe that they are signed. So if you enjoy this, it's a three-song demo. Uh, I suggest you go visit their Bandcamp page and uh, purchase the demo. Uh, and show some support to the band. If you really love it, then, you know, email a label or something and point them this direction. Say, hey, I got a band you should check out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything. It's just some kind of nasty Swedish death metal, and uh, they do a good job of it. The demo itself actually sounds good. The production's pretty good. Uh, but that's kind of the norm, I guess, these days for demos compared to the old days. But uh, yeah, I'm always on the lookout for maybe bands that people don't know about or they like this one they only have a demo out that type of thing just try to to share a little bit so here we go off of their ode to rot demo this is the rottening from sweden with maleficarum
Alright, there we go. That is The Rottening, The Bloodening from Sweden with Maleficarum. Uh, like I said, the production of that demo sounds fantastic. That's a far cry from the cassette tape uh, recorded through one microphone in the middle of the room through a karaoke machine that I used to use when I was in high school. <laughs> so, sounds a little bit better than that. Uh, all right, we're going to the USA here uh, out of Washington State. This is a three-piece that's been going since '02. It is Wolves in the Throne Room. Definitely one of the more respected and uh, kind of influential um, American black metal bands uh, of, of more recent years. They've kind of spawned a whole slew of clones, uh, which are all, for the most part, pretty good, too. So, uh, you know, I definitely can't complain. But um, they've had an interesting discography. They've had mostly hits. They've had a few misses, to me at least. They had this ambient album that really kind of didn't do much for me. Uh, but like Celestial Lineage uh, was a fantastic record. The last one was good as well. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it didn't quite stick with me as much as some others. Um, but they are releasing an EP... I thought it was a full-length album coming out, but it's an EP that's coming out on September 29th through Relapse Records. It's called Crypt of Ancestral Knowledge, and uh, they've got seven albums uh, up to this point, and, um, and they've been doing more touring and things like that, so they've been more active uh, as of late. But uh, they went ahead and released the first single off of this EP. Uh, I meant to double-check how many songs are actually on this, uh, this EP. But, um, but yeah, anytime there's something new from them, I'm always going to check it out because it's always, always quality. The only thing I will say about this, um, this single, the mix is weird. It's got a weird mix because there's certain elements, like it's fine. It has a definite, like, you know, ambiance that runs throughout, you know, <clears throat> and some good atmosphere going on. But then there's certain elements here and there, particularly like acoustic guitar parts and things like that when they come in. They're really loud. They're just kind of, it's a little jarring. Um, so the mix isn't as balanced as I would have expected, but uh, that might not be a, a deal breaker for for other people. But uh, for me, I just couldn't help but notice that and be a little put off by it. But uh, overall, the song's pretty cool. So here we go, off of the upcoming Crypt of Ancestral Knowledge EP, coming out September 29th. This is Wolves in the Throne Room with Twin Mouthed Spring.
There we go. That is Wolves in the Throne Room from Washington with Twin Mouthed Spring. Um, yeah, it's a cool tune, but yeah, like the balance of the mix just kind of throws me off from time to time, but it's not, uh, not a deal breaker or anything for me. Um, okay, we're staying in the USA here out of California. This is a one-man band that's been going since uh, 2013. Um, however, they only have one album. Um, it came out in 2016. The band is called Ritual Chamber. And uh, this is their only record. came out in February of 2016 called Obscurations to Feast on the Seraphim. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that came out through Profound Lore. And it shows them as still being active, but they just haven't done anything. And um, it's been, you know, seven years since this debut came out. Not really sure what the holdup is there. Um, but basically, this is a band I hadn't heard before, and I forget where I came across them. Probably on a list of some sort of, you know, best bands you've never heard of. And really enjoyed it because it really strongly reminded me of uh, Incantation, who I enjoy very much. So it's certainly on the more primitive side of things, and um, but it's it's beneficial. Like if they tried to add more melody to this, I don't think it would work. So I think the way that they have it balanced out right now uh, is definitely the way to go. But it's a solid record and uh, and one that I really enjoyed listening to. So I decided I wanted to share with you guys. And gals, so here we go off of their one and only album from 2016 called Obscurations to Feast on the Seraphim. This is Ritual Chamber with Beings of Entropy. <laughs>
All right, there we go. That is Ritual Chamber from California. One Man Band with the song Beings of Entropy. That's a really cool record, and um, being a fan of that style, I definitely think it's one that is overlooked and not really talked about enough. Um, All right, we're going to Poland here. This is kind of a classic early black metal band. Um, Not really that well-known to my knowledge, at least, but uh, they existed from 91 to 99 and then uh, reformed in 2009 and are still kind of active now, but to what degree, it's a little unclear, but um, the band's called Mastifal, so that's M-A-S-T-I-P-H-A-L, Mastifal, and they only have two records. The second one came out in 2011 after they reformed. Uh, with some different members and such, but uh, the debut, uh, from what I can tell, is one that's kind of looked at pretty favorably um, as far as kind of more underground black metal from the early to mid-90s, and I'm going to play something off of that. So it's it's kind of very stripped-down, primitive black metal, has some slight symphonic elements in there. The vocals are pretty good. Um, yeah, the, the production, you know, definitely leaves uh, some things to be desired there, but um, but it's not bad. It definitely sounds like it came out in the mid-90s. So the album, a little bit of a weird title as well. The album's called For a Glory of All Evil Spirits, Rise for Victory. That's all of that. So, <laughs> For a Glory of All Evil Spirits, Rise for Victory, came out in 95, and that was the debut. And again, the second album came out in 2011, and that's kind of all they've done. Uh, but this debut was released through Baron Records, which I don't believe exists anymore. Um, but yeah, this is one that I just kind of... I was looking up what are some more underground Polish black metal bands. Um, expecting to find, you know, slightly more modern ones on there. I, you know, I thought I kind of already knew about a lot of the, uh, the, the big name ones, I guess, that were around in the 90s. You know, Behemoth and Graveland and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this one I had never heard of before, so I made sure to check it out, and, uh, I didn't hate it, I will say that. It's not something I'm gonna listen to all the time, and, um, if you told me this was a classic of the genre, I might kind of shrug my shoulders and say, if you say so, I guess. But, um, but it's not bad by any means, so here we go, off of the debut album from 1995, For a glory of all evil spirits, rise for victory. This is Mastifal from Poland with Legion.
There we go. That is some mid-90s magic from Mastifal with Legion. Uh, okay, we're going to Germany here. At least originally, this band uh, has been more or less uh, a one-man show. But, you know, there's other musicians involved, but there's kind of always been this central figure, this leader, since 89, and that is Falkenbach. And Falkenbach is kind of um, folky and kind of black metal sometimes, but there's really a lot of more of like that epic Bathory um, type of vibe going on with most of their albums. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to play one off of what I guess is still the most recent one, even though it came out 10 years ago, uh, called Asa, and that came out in November of 2013 through Prophecy Productions, and that is album number six. And um, really enjoyed this record because it's pretty diverse. There still is those epic, you know, Bathory-style songs on there, but there's actually some more aggressive ones on here. You don't hear too many extreme vocals uh, on Falkenbach records anymore, and uh, it's utilized more, I'd say, on this album than the last several. Um, so I'm going to play one that has a little bit more intensity, has some black metal vocals, maybe something you, you might not be expecting, I guess, from Falkenbach. So... Um, my memory of this album is listening to it in my car while driving around with uh, Wes, our bass player in Krigsgrove, through downtown Fort Worth trying to find parking uh, so we can go to a cigar bar down there, I remember. <laughs> so it's funny how those little memories can be tied back to just like a song or something. I remember distinctly this album playing in my car while I was just circling around looking for parking spots. Anyways, here we go off of the sixth album from 2013, Asa. This is Falkenbach with Bronzen Embrace. <laughs>
There we go. That is Falkenbach from Germany with Bronzen Embrace. Um, that's a great record, and I know it hasn't gotten as much like critical praise as some of their older stuff, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I wasn't like a diehard fan of the older stuff that I just kind of approached this album with a little bit more of an open mind, I guess, and ended up really uh, enjoying it a lot. Um, okay, going to Greece here. This is a four-piece band that's been going since 99 called Thy Darkened Shade, and uh, they just put out their third album this year, and it was their first one in nine years, so it was a pretty good uh, gap there. So, uh, the first two records came out in pretty quick succession uh, from one another, from what I remember. And then, yeah, a pretty significant gap, and they just released uh, this new one called Liber Lucifer Part 2, Mahapralaya, which the only reason I know how to pronounce that is because uh, of dissection. Thank you, dissection. Um, but it's great. Like, it really sounds very similar to Part 1 of that Liber Lucifer um series i guess you want to call it but um from the second album like it, it kind of picks up right where that one left off still very dark very fast paced for the most part and intense uh there's some pretty good amount of you know twists and turns within these songs because they're not super short songs but they're not drastically long either uh so they kind of have room to breathe and they kind of move in different directions as the song goes on but really cool i mean the greeks it's not all brilliant, you know, but they have a pretty strong, pretty strong scene there. And there's been some really good bands that have come out of Greece uh, over the last, you know, 20 years, especially. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> so this third album, I did not jot down what label it was released through. I forgot. But um, great record. So if you like this song, I tried to pick one that's kind of more indicative of the album as a whole. Um, so yeah, if you like this one, I expect you'll like the rest of the record. So here we go off of album number three, Liber Lucifer Part 2, Mahapralaya. This is Thy Darkened Shade from Greece with Noxious Witchery of the Titans. Get into there! 
there we go. There's some hyper-blasting right there from Thy Darkened Shade from Greece with Noxious Witchery of the Titans. Uh, okay, we're going back to the USA here out of Ohio originally. I didn't realize they were from Ohio. But this band existed uh, from 83 to 87 and then, um, you know, went on hiatus, kind of broke up for a while. Uh, regrouped in 98 and just kind of kept going with a slew of different members from 98 up until 2018. That band is Necrophagia and they are one band that has kind of achieved this cult status and I never really thought they were that very good. <laughs> so maybe I'm in the minority here. Um, I want to say I opened for them, maybe with uh, Giant of the Mountain when I was doing bass and backing vocals for them. And they played in Fort Worth, and uh, they were fine, you know. Singer, very short. I knew he was short, but you don't quite realize how short he was until you see him in person. Uh, he was maybe 5'4", you know, very tiny guy. Um, and he has since passed away. I forget exactly the, uh, the cause of death there. I want to say it was like a heart-related thing. But, um, so they are no more. But I remember, one thing I do remember about this band, I remember their debut was considered a classic, and I hadn't heard it for a really long time. And I remember they had Phil Anselmo on guitar for one album, because he was a big fan of theirs. And then uh, I think it was Iscaria, the bass player, former bass player for Immortal. I believe he played on at least one album, um, probably during the 2000s there. So, I mean, they kind of had people I knew from other bands that would kind of pass through <laughs> their lineup and play on an album here and an album there, but it seemed to really jump around uh, in terms of, uh, of who was in the band at any given time, you know. But um, I'm going to play something off of the debut. Uh, they had seven albums total before uh, they had to call it quits. And uh, the debut was called Season of the Dead, and that came out in February of 87 through New Renaissance Records. And like I said, it's kind of considered a classic by many. I mean, it's really just kind of a sloppy thrash album with some nasty vocals on it. Maybe it's just the simple fact of his vocal style that people thought was kind of a revolutionary thing at the time, because it was 87. So all you really had was like possessed and like death at the time. You know, there wasn't a whole lot out there with going for a, a as raspy of a vocal delivery as, as this. Um, I mean, even the early creator albums kind of had that vibe as well. So I don't know, maybe it's just because they were among that first, you know, handful of bands kind of doing this uh, this vocal style. But musically, it's just kind of straightforward, you know what I mean? To me, it's it's not, it's because I've heard too much stuff. If I was around in 87, I mean, I was, but, you know, I was like a fetus at the time. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, if I was like a teenager back in the 80s, I, maybe I would have been more blown away. But uh, I've just heard too much stuff, so when I go back and listen to this now... I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. It's fine, I guess. But, um, which I'm sure ma is maddening to many of you. But anyways, here we go. I'm going to play something off of that debut album, Season of the Dead. This is Necrophagia with Abomination.
All right, there we go. That is Necrophagia from Ohio with Abomination off of their classic debut album, Season of the Dead. Killjoy was the singer's name. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. The whole time I was talking about him earlier before the song, in my head, I'm just like, what the hell was his name? What was his name again? Uh, yeah, it was that guy. But um, they were good live, I will say that. Um, okay, we're going to New Zealand here. This is a four-piece that's been going since 2007. I've always kind of not been clear on how to say their name, and I'm still not clear on it, but I did get a little more info. Um, I would say Barshasketh, because it's B-A-R-S-H, so there's Barshas-S-H-A-S, and then K-E-T-H is the Keth part, Barshasketh. That's how I would say it. I have not heard them say the name. I have no idea if that's correct or way off, but I do see that it is a derivative of a Hebrew word or phrase that roughly translates to a uh, pit of corruption. So there's a reason, you know, the, the, why they named their band what they named it. But um, as far as how they pronounce it, I have no idea. So I'm going to play something off of their fourth album, uh, which is self-titled. So I get to say that name again. Uh, but it just came out on January uh, of 2019. So that is their most recent uh, up to this point. And that was released through World Terror Committee. But I don't remember... I think I was just looking up because I've always liked the New Zealand scene. And I just kind of hadn't checked on a lot of those bands in a while. So I was, I was looking up some of these New Zealand kind of black death metal bands. And saw their name and I'm like I don't think I've heard them before so I decided to check it out and it's great I mean it fits right into that New Zealand scene uh, but very dark and uh, heavy and it was just a pleasant surprise to me so uh, it's it's always nice when I can kind of look at a scene that I already felt like I was familiar with and then still find some new stuff uh, buried in there that I overlooked the first time or whatever so haven't checked out the first three albums but I need to because I really enjoy this one so here we go, without further ado, off of the self-titled 2019 album. This is Barshasketh with Ruin Part 2.
was Barshasketh from New Zealand with Ruin Part 2. Excellent record. Really, really excellent record. Um, Alright. It is that time. Looks like we made it. We made it to the end of the episode. I got one more tune, and uh, like I said, episode 150 was thinking about making it a themed episode, but I've got a few things that I'm just kind of itching to play for you guys, so I might make it uh, just a regular episode again, then do a themed episode. We'll see. Thanks for being patient. I know this one's coming at you a day late, but uh, we're powering through. I'm getting there. Um, 
Okay. I need to get through my spiel. What am I doing? I'm about to introduce the song, and I forgot the whole, like, five minutes of talking that I do at the end of every episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell somebody where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or listen on the free Podbean app. Uh, you can also find the catalog of episodes on Spotify, so you can find and uh, follow the Spotify there. And uh, any sort of feedback or requests or complaints or whatever you want to share with me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page as well, because any sort of news or updates or poll questions or just kind of anything that I need to get out to you guys, the listeners, uh, I'm going to post it there. So find it and like the page so you don't miss out. Um, okay, we're going to Ireland here. I think you know where this is going. This band's been going since 92. It's a five-piece. It's primordial, of course. And, you know, I listen to Alan Averill's podcast on occasion. He gets a little political sometimes, and I'm just kind of not not all about it, you know. A little conspiratorial and things like that at times, and I'm just not into it. But, um, but when he's talking music, and he has, you know, friends of his on there that he's interviewing and stuff like that, uh, it's it's a pleasant listen. Um, but yes, you know, so I've been keeping up with, you know, he'll mention at the beginning or the end of his podcast of just kind of what he's been up to with working on the new album and stuff like that. So I knew it, one was coming. Uh, I knew it was in the works. So they released uh, a new single. So that was a very pleasant surprise. They announced the album that's going to be coming out. It's their 10th album, first one in five years. It's called How It Ends, and that's coming out September 29th. I know a lot of people were um, concerned by that title because they're just like, well, wait, does this mean it's their last album, you know, if it's called How It Ends? Um, I have no idea, but I don't get that vibe um, in listening to, you know, Alan speak about the record and stuff like that. I don't think... uh, I don't think this is the last one for them. But, um, yeah, they released, you know, the title, the album cover, this first single, and then, of course, the release date, and that's getting released through Metal Blade, of course. And this is a pretty cool tune. Um, it's very, as I said to my bandmates, I said it's kind of a paint-by-numbers primordial tune. Like, it's very follows all the rules that have previously been set by Primordial. They're not really going uh, too adventurous with it. The last album didn't stick with me that much. It wasn't a bad album by any means, but it just didn't do much for me. Uh, but already, just from this one single, um, I'm liking I'm, I'm liking the odds with this new one, that it's going to catch my attention a lot more. Um, yeah, it's a great song, and it definitely feels familiar. It feels like primordial. It feels enthusiastic. Uh, there's a certain energy to it. Um, Alan sounds great still after all these years. So yes, damn good tune, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the album. So here we go. I'll see you guys in two weeks with episode 150. Until then, everybody take care. Here we go, off of the 10th album, How It Ends, coming out September 29th. This is Primordial with Victory Has 1,000 Fathers, Defeat is an Orphan. Cheers. (laughs) 